ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. Watch out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Bayheim! Wow, is that silence in a little bit? Schrader takes. It's a two-man rush. Schrader steps Don't up. Fit. Pop pass up in the middle. Got Parker's it. got it. Room to run. 15, 10. Hit, oh. hit in. Gregory, touchdown. The Bills make me want to Allen looks to his left. Fires left side. In go to the end zone. Stephon Diggs makes the catch. Touchdown, Buffalo. Swing in the miss. It is over. The Boston Red Sox. Baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. This is On The Block. Yeah, I was driving home yesterday, so I heard some of your show. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. Thanks, Brent. Two, one. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio, 97.1, 100.1, ESPN Radio, 96.5 FM, heard wherever you are, whatever you are doing, ESPN app, seen, heard, and everything in between, friends, what a magical place on the internet, ah, the internet. On the internet, it must be true. And we are true at QSportsTalk.com, a great place where you can watch a radio program. You can chat with us throughout said radio program. Now, when you call the show at 437-7644 or tweet me, Brent Tax Media, I mean, you're kind of giving one or two takes. Man, you can tweet as much as you'd like, but when you get on the phone, like you want it to... You want it to last. You want it to be impactful. You want to call and you want to get that take out there and like that's it, right? One a day. In the chat, you can just throw stuff at the wall throughout the entire show. You don't you don't even have to talk about what we're talking about. There are no rules in the chat. It's hysteria. Dogs and cats living together. And um like I said, if it's on the internet, it must be true. So hang in the chat at QSportsTalk.com. Watch the program at QSportsTalk.com. And uh, here's a little secret just between you and me. Just, just, just you know, don't, don't be spreading this around, okay? But it is true because if it's on the Internet, it must be true. When we go to radio breaks here on the radio side of things, AQSportsTalk.com, they, they do not. They do not. Oh, no. No, 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 no. They get to hang during the radio breaks. Keep the mics on. Keep the cameras on. We keep chatting with you. So that's a great place to be a part of the show, and uh, we'd love for you to do that. Or you can listen on the radio. That's a good thing, too. And give us a call, 437-7644. We have head coach Dino Babers to listen to later in the program. Thanks, Brian. Well, thank you, coach. He met with the media today on unfortunate injury at practice today. Now, thankfully, Jihad Carter seems to be okay, all things considered. They did as a precautionary measure. You can't be too, uh, you know, you can never be too safe about these things. He suffered an injury to the point where they brought in an ambulance, 
brought him to the hospital. Again, as a precautionary measure, he has a feeling in all his extremities. He was talking to people, and you, know, you just want to be safe about these things, but certainly would expect him to be out of practice. Uh, we'll find out more about that, but Coach had an update there. So, I mean, that's the one piece of significant news you never want to hear from a training camp situation, and that's a key player right there in that uh, strong and deep Syracuse secondary. So we will uh, hear from Dino on that. I asked Coach Babers about the relationship between Garrett Schrader and the offensive coordinator and what goals need to be met there by the time they get out there and play Louisville on September the 3rd and an update from camp. The ACC Network is going to stop by tomorrow, and we're excited to have Wes Durham on the show tomorrow. Possibly right here in the studio, by the way. We're still working out details here, but that'll be fun. The ACC Network's going to be a practice tomorrow. So they're going to you know, all the campuses uh, throughout the ACC, getting a look in on training camp, doing some fun things. So uh, we will hear from Dino Babers on football later in the program. Football. Speaking of football, um, I think the New York Giants need to be bold here. I think the New York Giants need to take a stand. I know they got a new coach and a new general manager and – Maybe the Giants kind of have that luxury of just kind of laying low is not the best way to put it, but just kind of seeing how things go out in a new administration. But there's an answer right at their fingertips that I think they need to go after. We'll go on the blind side. Big news in the media world in that ESPN and the Big Ten are going to break up. According to various media reports, John O'Rand Uh, The ace media reporter for the Sports Business Journal reports that NBC and CBS will move in to go along with Fox. ESPN is out, and what that means for the ACC. It could be good news. It should be good news, but I don't trust Jim Phillips until I see he does do the right thing. And You know, the ACC's got this grant of rights deal through the year 2036. Big Ten media deal is going to be announced by the end of the week. The Pac-12 is in a exclusive negotiating window now. I think it technically expired, not that they can't keep kicking that can down the road. But what's the Pac-12 going to look like? The Big 12, right? ESPN, of course, now has to fill that Big 10 hole with something. And you would think the answers are right there in front of you, but, you know, I just don't trust Jim Phillips enough at this point that he'll do the obvious. But that is a significant a media deal out there for ESPN to be out of the Big Ten business is it, it shows you where this has all been going and where we are anyway. This is basically ESPN versus Fox in the world of college football. So we will get into that. Got some more news and notes from SU football camp we'll get into, but I actually wanted to start with a little something different today that's been out there. And look, I know the Kevin Durant situation has been talked to death, and you hear that he's made a trade demand, and it's like, what trade demand are we talking about this time, right? Like, I lose track of these things. To its credit, the NBA has had such a busy offseason and has built the offseason into something we pay attention to. And in, I don't think it was quite the case this year. I think, actually, the baseball trade deadline was a bigger deal. Juan Soto, one of the biggest trade deadline deals in history. Football always seems to take the cake even before they get into training camp, but man, there's been a few summers there where it felt like the NBA just never shut down, never took a break, never went into the summer itself. It hasn't been that hot, but certainly this is always looming out there. And just when you think all is quiet, 
you know, Kevin Durant or his agent will call up Shams or Woj and drop a new demand here. So let me just backtrack, give you a little background on this. If you haven't been following it or you're like, wait, which trade demand is this? Let's, let's just update ourselves here, okay? It's from ESPN. Brooklyn Nets governor. I like how they... Yes, governor. Joe Tsai voiced, uh, voiced pardon me, his support Monday for the front office and coaching staff after Kevin Durant told Tsai to choose between him and the team's general manager and coach. Tsai and Durant recently met in London. ESPN sources confirmed, and Durant reiterated his desire to be traded and suggested the franchise needed to choose between him and coach Steve Nash and general manager Sean Marks. Durant initially asked for a trade on June 30th and has not backed off that request. At 33 years old, Durant has four years and $198 million left on his contract, which means Brooklyn can be patient in waiting out teams for the kind of return it believes will eventually emerge for a star player reaching the trade market in his prime. The meeting between Durant and Cy was first reported by The Athletic, Shams, of course, which also noted it occurred on the one-year anniversary of Durant signing his extension with the Brooklyn Nets. Now let's stop right here for a second. Kevin Durant is unequivocally one of the most talented basketball players I've ever seen. When he plays, he plays hard. This is not a James Harden situation where he's going to show up 20 pounds overweight and just kind of muddle his way through until he gets his way. Durant goes at it. He loves the game. He knows the game. He appreciates the history of the game. But Kevin Durant needs to hear something that every parent out there listening right now is probably thinking as I'm thinking. Now, my daughter's a little older now. Okay, not that she doesn't need to hear this word here and there, but I'm thinking more uh, when my daughter was a little younger and your kid would just kind of get out of control and they'd want this and they'd want that. And, you know, as any parent out there knows, when you have a five, six, seven-year-old that's kind of going off the rails, you got to pick your battles because it all becomes noise. But you do have to do a simple thing here and there, as unpopular as that will make you, and that is you have to say no. Kevin Durant needs to hear no. It's that simple. Kevin Durant, if anything, is making me root for the bad guy here. I don't root for ownership in these situations. I am for player empowerment. I am for players getting all they can in free agency. If someone is willing to pay you this amount of money to play basketball or endorse their sneakers or be in this commercial for that, then God love you. And God love America. Had a Coach Mack moment there. God love you. Okay, I am for that. I am for players being able to, you know, this spills more to the name, image, and likeness conversation and what co- the, the, the rights the college athletes should have. But these, these are paid professionals, right? But Durant just signed an extension a year ago. Kevin Durant is the one that's been pulling the strings on this. Okay, now he sat out the 2019-20 season with an Achilles tear. Not much you could do about that, right? But he comes in with Kyrie Irving and DeAndre Jordan just a few years ago, summer of 2019. You've got Sean Marks, the general manager, then coach Kenny Atkinson. Remember, the Nets had actually just gone to what was a surprising postseason berth. Now you got Durant. Now you got Kyrie Irving. Now you've got 
DeAndre Jordan. Whoa, what we got here? We got a team that nobody's dreaming about being on the level of when the New York Knicks are good, but the Knicks have been so bad for so long that the Nets have this wide-open opportunity to move in and, and, and try and be relevant in that market. And why wouldn't you be with two of the best players? Well, we mentioned how Duran had to sit out. Jordan gets traded. They bring in Steve Nash. James Harden comes and goes. They're in the Ben Simmons situation, not to mention all the drama with Kyrie Irving and his COVID-19 vaccine situation. And it's just been it's been good for people in my line of work. It's certainly been good for the people on Get Up and First Take. You know, Kevin Durant knows when maybe there's a little too much football talk. Let me just whisper to Shams and get the news cycle going again. But for Durant to demand a trade on June 30th, that's within his rights. But it's not easy to move Kevin Durant and his $198 million and the extension you just signed. It's not that easy for the Nets to move on from the mess you created and manipulated. And they let you basically push the buttons on. So then he meets with Cy and basically says, it's either me or it's Marks and Nash. To which Cy, I don't know what he said personally to Durant, but for Joe Cy to go on Twitter and say this, quote, our front office and coaching staff have my support. We will make decisions in the best interest of the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, really? You're telling me an owner has taken control back of his own team? The player empowerment era and the the way that players have just manipulated this situation, and certain players have a lot of pull. Kevin Durant has that kind of juice. He has that kind of pull. But it's become the boy that has cried wolf. How many times do I have to hear this and you have to hear this? And I know the Brooklyn Nets are ironically more of a national brand than they are a New York brand, but they have a fan base. There are people out there that that do root for them and like Durant and are attracted to the star quality of this team. But, look, it's a, it's a tale as old as time in some ways. You know, when I, I've been doing sports talk radio for over 20 years now. Remember, it's the 20th anniversary of On the Block, friends. Talking about athletes making too much money, and these, this is just the foundation on which we rest on. And I've never had a problem with that. The money's never been an issue for me. But, man, the minute something goes awry, and you demand a trade. Don't not live. I mean, you signed that extension. Did you not read it first? And to meet with the owner and basically say, well, it's either them or us. Well, good for Joe side. He'd be like, okay, it's them. Well, I'm not going to play for you. I'm not going to fine. And if I'm Joe Sy, it's going to be a pain in the ass. Cause you know that Durant's got shams on line one and Woj on line two, and they're going to leak stuff and they're going to put it out there and they're going to try and manipulate the message. And they've just got a willing army of people that will just soak it all in. He knows it's good for drama. Durant gets on Twitter. He reacts to what Stephen A says on first take. Crack! Right? I don't know if he reacted to that. Stay off the weed. You never know where we are on the Stephen A button. It's always entertaining, right? But Durant knows how to play that game. And it's fun for a while. It's drama. It's juice. It's something in my line of work you think I'd like. I'm tired of it. Durant needs to hear no. You want to be traded? How about no? 
about you just signed an extension, we'll see a training camp. And you're going to sit out training camp and you're going to make a big deal out of it, fine. Sit your ass over there and we're not going to pay you. I don't, you know what, Kevin? I don't feel like trading you today. Just because you're not getting your way and you're making me choose between all these people. The people you wanted, by the way. The coach we brought in for you. How about no? How about you signed a contract? How about you play up to it? And again, that's never been an issue with Durant. He plays as hard as can be, and he is in his prime. He is one of the best players on the planet. That's the sad part about this. But he is entitled to the point where he feels like he can do this and get away with it because he does. Someone has to step in and say no. You've had three popsicles today. You can't have a fourth. No, you can't have ice cream for dinner. No, like I'm just trying to think of the ridiculous conversations I had with my daughter when she was six and throwing a tantrum. This is a grown man who is intentionally leaking stories to the athletic, which everybody else will pick up. All I got to do is talk to one insider and the rest of the world aggregates it and Twitter gets it and, and we're all aware of it within five minutes. How about no? How about grow up? If you want to be traded, okay. We'll work on that, Kevin. It's going to be kind of complicated because of the extension you signed a year ago and there's no way we're going to get value back for you. Okay? It's great what the Padres and the Nationals just pulled off, but that's a lot harder to do in basketball. You are a wanted commodity. I'm glad you want to go to Phoenix or somewhere else and try and pursue a championship again, but we got our own issues here. So we'll get to it. Thanks for the memo, but no. When is someone, and by someone I'm, again, don't make me root for the owners here. Don't make me root for the billionaires. Don't make me root for the bad guys. Don't make me root for Adam Silver. But someone has got to step in here and just be like, no, it doesn't work this way. We'll see a training camp. I don't know. Maybe I'm old school there. Maybe a younger generation just looks at this and thinks this is the way it is. You don't get your way, you whine about it, right? Maybe I'm old school that way. But this does turn people off to the product. It does. People want, I mean, look, the NBA is doing fine. I think they made record profits this year. And, you know, the NBA and how popular it is varies based on stars and certain dynasties. And, you know, there's certainly no lack of drama here. And I brought up at the beginning of this conversation how the NBA has done a masterful job of making it relevant 12 months a year. Kudos to them. They know how to do it. You got you to juice it up a little bit. You got to make us, some of this has to be a soap opera, right? But I have, I have just had enough of this. And the, the, again, the pathetic thing is, it's the Nets. Right? <laughs> Maybe that's why Durant wants out, because he realized, like, man, I'm in New York City, and none of this matters. Can you imagine if this was with the Knicks, which you had an opportunity to go to, by the way, and if you made the Knicks relevant again and, and even got to, like, the second round of the playoffs, they'd put a statue outside of Madison Square Garden for you. But instead, you go to Brooklyn, credit to making them relevant in this conversation, but it's for all the wrong reasons. When I say Brooklyn Nets, the first thing that comes to mind for most people is 
Durant whining, Kyrie Irving's COVID situation, or some sort of failure or embarrassment or anything but a team that a few years ago made an unexpected playoff run and tried to build on that, and all that happened was the house of cards collapsed on them. And on that note, we break. Going to get into some SU football on the other side here. Got some news and notes from camp I want to get into, including a question I am pondering. It is a question I asked Dino Babers, and you'll hear his answer later in the show on that. Thanks, Brent. You're welcome, Coach. But you'll hear my answer and thoughts on that next. Before we break, though, let's see how the markets did today on this Tuesday, August the 9th. And, uh, gentlemen, I do not see who we got today from Lee Baldwin and company, so uh, let me just – Go into this blind. Of course, today? you don't see me, Brent. It's I don't Lee. See you. How are you? You're hiding in the shadows, Lee. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing great. Good to hear your voice. Well, well, the uh, stocks finished in the red today, so it wasn't a house of cards, kind of flat, but we were down, led by Nasdaq, which was down over one percent. Uh, the Diamond, I'm going with online insurance provider Lemonade. They were up 12% on strong numbers. And the dogs, Broadcom, Micron, Qualcomm, anything with a com as the uh, chip <laughs> chip companies were all down. Uh, I think the White House did sign a chip bill today. Maybe that's related. I don't know. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, it. didn't they just give them like billions <clears throat> of dollars and the stocks Only down? Only $280 billion yeah. in the chips and science act. I don't, act. I don't yeah. get you people sometimes in, in, in <laughs> In the stock world, like that, that would seem to me it would go up, but I don't know. Maybe next quarter, we shall see. I don't know. That's why we lean maybe on you to educate there us on go. this stuff, Lee. My guess would have been a hundred out of a hundred times that stock went up today, but uh, I don't know. I don't know how that works. It's harder to figure out, young Mister Durant, if you ask me. Exactly. So, but he's in a, what is the what's that expression? He's an enigma wrapped in a in a something or the other. I don't know. I'll, I'll look it up. But, uh, we okay. appreciate your perspective, my friend. We'll talk again soon. You, you got it. Thanks, Brett. There he goes, the great Lee Baldwin. Although, how could those stocks be down? I, I just, man, I do not get it. That's why we have Lee on to explain this stuff and steer you in the right way so you have all the diamonds and none of the dogs on your portfolio. I think I know who the backup quarterback is for Syracuse football. I think I do. We'll talk about it next. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. And that it is, friend. Welcome back. Welcome aboard. However that describes you, we're glad you are listening. We're glad you're here. Hi. My name's Brent. We talk sports. Uh, our friend Flop was in studio during the Q Sports Talk break because our friends at QSportsTalk.com get exclusive conversations during radio breaks. Uh, he gave us a Hard Knocks preview. Tonight is the debut of Hard Knocks 2022 with your Detroit Lions. Woo! Who is excited? Now, I'll say this. Okay, here's why I will watch this. And I just want to find like a random clip here. Let me let me see if I can find it here, because Liv Shriver, the voice of Hard Knocks, is man, what a voice! I, I'm trying to find a, a clip hey, here I- of Liv Shriver. 
You know the voice, right? I can't even imitate it. I wouldn't even try to imitate it here, but let me just listen. You're to also the voice, uh, Hard Knocks. It's a the voice clip from the Dan Patrick show. Uh, announcer. So how, how does somebody come to you and say, we're doing this show, Hard Knocks. Do you want to do it? Um, you know, about 20 years ago, I was fortunate enough to meet Ross Greenberg. Greenberg who got yeah. me into uh, uh, VO. And it was one of the I don't think it really does the voice right. here. I, Boys, find me a hard knocks clip that I can play. Just, just, I, I'm going to go through the Dino clips here and then we'll circle back to this because I will listen to Lee Shriver narrate anything. He could read the phone book. See, kids, a phone book is a book we used to get that listed all the phone numbers in order to find the phone number. You had to go to the book and find the number. We didn't just Google it. Bad example. I can listen to Leif Schreiber read a grocery list. I can listen to Leif Schreiber read anything. So he is the main reason I watch Hard Knocks. And I'll say this, as much as it is Detroit, they'll make Detroit interesting. The storylines, the way they'll play it up, NFL films, I'm in, right? It is Detroit, so you're going you're to have to try a little harder <laughs> to keep me engaged. I'm not like going to be sitting there like bated breath waiting for, you know, a, a show, for example, that uh, Flop predicted will outrate Hard Knocks will uh, Game of Thrones, something of that nature. But Leave Schreiber, voiceovers, there's nothing better than that. I mean, that guy, what a voice. Okay, so we'll circle back to that. But uh, in the meantime, what do you say we hear from the head coach? Dino Babers took to the podium today and unfortunately had an injury update for us in the sense of a Jihad Carter had to be taken off the field. Uh, they took him to the hospital as a precautionary measure. It appears all is well, but here was the update on Carter from Dino Babers. Jihad Carter got hurt uh, at the beginning part of practice and uh, we precautionarily took him to the hospital. He's got feelings in all his limbs and stuff. We're still waiting to get a report back on exactly what's going on. But right now, uh, we're just waiting to hear from the results. It appears all is well, as Dino noted there. Um, we'll hold back full judgment here until we get all the details back. But uh, the preliminary reports seem to be positive, and we certainly wish him the best. That's the one thing you never want to hear out of practice, any sort of injury, but to have to take somebody to the hospital, even as a precaution, never good, never good. So we're certainly wishing him the best and hope everything is okay there. And it kind of fills a line of what Dino was saying. It was a defensive day at practice. Those pads come on in full and the defense starts to kick in into overdrive. We had like over 111 on 11 plays. <laughs> From today. No, you know, the big thing, those guys are competing. The defense definitely won the day today. I mean, uh, they rallied and they really bounced back from the first part of practice. and They really dominated this, the second, the third, and the fourth part of practice. Speaking of defense... One of the big holes on this team, the biggest hole on this team, clearly is on the defensive line. Five of six regular rotation players on that defensive line, you know, Josh Black and Cody Roscoe and some of those regular contributors from the past couple of years have all moved on. And they're looking for some new faces to literally be the next man up here. Here's Dino on the latest. He can tell us on the defensive line and what is developing there. A lot of leadership between the two people that you mentioned. Both of those guys are in the lead and stretch lines, and they're going to have to lead the young guys. The young guys are eager, and they, they fly around. They really do. Uh, again, one or two of those guys got some owies today, and they're going to have to learn to battle through that stuff. They're so young, 
in age compared to the people that they go against. But, uh, you know, they got all that youth. We you know what we talk about youth all the time. So uh, it'll be fun. But uh, Caleb and Terry, those guys have to lead those young guys, make sure that they come out of the come out of the locker room the right way and they're ready to do the things they need to do here on the football field. Uh, staying on the defensive side of the ball for a moment here, uh, you've got two returning players in Stephon Thompson, who is a part of a experienced linebacker group, top three tacklers from last year. Mikel Jones led the ACC with 60 solo tackles. But Stephon Thompson and Marlo Wax, two and three in tackles and pressure, and it's just... The further back you go on this defense, that's why losing a guy like Jahad Carter, depending on how long he's out, hurts because that secondary has depth. That secondary has talent, including another player mentioned here in this conversation that Dino was asked about on Stephon Thompson and Deuce Chestnut, two of the leaders on defense. Stephon and Deuce. Stephon's one of our leaders. He got a little banged up today as well. But uh, him and Deuce are uh, leaders on the defense, you know. You know, Mikhail is is already been voted a captain. It'll be interesting to see who the second captain is when we get done with August. But both of those guys are part of the leadership in their groups. There's no doubt about it. And what have you seen from them uh, in terms of improvement so far? Consistency. I mean, Steph. Steph is, does not get his credit. Stephon Thompson does not get his credit at all. Deuce is going to be one of those guys that when you've got Garrett on the other side, a lot of people are going to come after him. Our success depends on what happens when they do go after him. Best cornerback duo on the ACC. Deuce Chestnut and Garrett Williams. Like, you've got to make a choice there. And you know, Chestnut was one of the breakout players, finished second for defensive rookie of the year last year. But you got to feel good about that cornerback duo. And there's a lot of good quarterbacks in the ACC. So you better have a good secondary. And Syracuse has just that. Now, Dino mentioned a couple of owies there with some players, getting to that point of camp where some owies are piling up. And then there's a difference between owies and injuries. Are you hurt or are you injured? you're hurt you can play if you're injured i gotta take you out isaiah jones uh, an up-and-coming wide receiver on this team was injured but good news there is that dino indicated today that he'll be back sooner than we thought no it, it looks like we're going to get him back this we're going to he's going to play this year it looks like it uh we just got to wait and see how it all we're waiting for the swelling and stuff to go down so we can see exactly how he's going to be able to handle it shoulder it's upper body injury upper body injury so what's like best case scenario? It's middle of the season? Early? No, earlier than that. Oh, we said some season's a long time. It's like a three month season. No, I, I think we got, I think we got a chance to get him earlier than that. Fun exchange there between uh, Dino and our friend Stephen Bailey. There, upper body injury uh, for Jones, but he was turning some heads. And we mentioned the defensive line, wide receiver for this football team is wide open. Didn't mean to do that pun, but I did that pun. That pun happened. Yep, I'm sorry, it happened. I totally didn't mean it to happen, but it kind of works. The wide receiver position is wide open because it is. Courtney Jackson's the returning receiver, but you know, no offense to Courtney Jackson, I don't think I would label him a true blue number one. He is free to prove me wrong there. Sean Tucker was the second leading receiver on this team last year. Then you have Damian Alford, you have Aronde Gatson Jr., you have C.J. Hayes who transferred in from Michigan State. Jones was turning heads, so he's got to get back out there and, and continue that momentum. Look, particular to Alford and, and Gatson, these are big targets. 6'6", six, 6'5", six, six, Alford made that huge catch in the Virginia Tech game, flashed at other times, had a great spring game. Justin Lampson was targeting him a lot. It harkens back to the old question. It feels like 
Dino gets asked this every year in some capacity. First it was with his offense, and now it's with Robert and I's offense. And I'd love to ask Robert and I this question, but uh, Robert and I, Tony White, any other Syracuse coach, not named Babers, not made available to the media. I asked again today. Got denied again today. I'm trying. Trying, folks. Trying to hear from those coordinators. This is something I'd love to ask an offensive coordinator, but I can't. And that is, how important is it to have a number one receiver? In an air raid offense, in an offense that Robert and I and Jason Beck are installing here, in coordination with Babers, of course, but he brought those guys in to renew this thing. If anything, we should be studying, and we're going to have a couple people on that cover Virginia just to get a sense of what Robert and I is trying to do. I'd love to ask him, but like I said, denied again. What's that Virginia offense like? What are they trying to install here? And what does that mean for these receivers? Emily Liker, our friend from Syracuse.com, put out a video today. And again, here's where I'll give credit. I was complaining a bit about lack of access. I'll give credit for more access in that. So far through camp, reporters have been allowed to stay for the better part of an hour to watch practice, which is a lot longer than usual. It's usually about 15, 20 minutes, watch some stretching, a couple of, you know, quarterbacks throwing against air and some generic stuff and have a nice day. So I'll give him credit for that. And as a part of that, Emily really got to watch Jason Beck work today. And go watch that video. Find it on her timeline on Twitter. And he was really, now this is one specific drill, but it just shows you the certain kind of, how can I put this, the the philosophy they're trying to build. There was a specific drill he was doing where he was trying to get the receivers to really kind of dig in on the sideline and what they're trying to change, what habits they're trying to form, and what they're trying to do to put the offense in their image. The wide receivers are a big part of that. Syracuse had the 120th ranked passing game in the country last year. And I understand you had a transition between DeVito and Schrader, but Schrader took over in game four. It's not like Schrader took over in game nine. Game four. He had two games where he threw for over 200 yards last year. The top six quarterbacks in the ACC, and to be fair, there's a lot of good quarterbacks in the ACC and Syracuse going to play all of them this year, with the exception of Tyler Van Dyke at Miami. The top six quarterbacks in the league last year averaged 236 yards per game. There's opportunity there, but who in that receiver group, which is wide open for opportunities, will give Schrader the chance to do that. There's a lot that's got to come together quickly there. A lot. Schrader being on the same page with the coordinator and the wide receiver. Ah, hence something I asked about today. So I asked uh, Dino about getting Schrader and Robert and I on the same page. Are there some goals there 
that have to be reached by the end of the camp? How does that work? Well, I think the biggest thing is that he needs to be ready to do what they want him to get done. And then he needs to operate at a high level. If he operates at a high level, chains move, chains moves, red zone, red zone, scoring points, opportunity, scoring points, everybody's happy. So how you get those two in lockstep, operating on a high level, moving the chains, getting back to pace, orange is the new fast. How do you do that, though, with some question marks at the receiver position? And I don't mean that as as a negative. I don't mean that as a criticism. I just mean I literally don't know because we just haven't seen enough of them. Uh, I also asked Dino today about what he's seeing from Schrader off the field, film room, leadership that we don't get to see. Well, not here. I'm not in all of his film sessions. I like to rotate around, but, you know, he's the leader in the quarterback room. He works a lot with Coach Beck, there, and it's it's not so much one-on-one, but uh, everybody else is in the room, but there's a lot of one-on-one conversations when you're the number one quarterback. There you have it, the head coach, Dino Babers. Thanks, Brent. Thank you, Coach. Uh, tomorrow we will speak with some offensive football players requested by the media. The ACC Network's going to be around. Our friend Wes Durham's going to be on the show tomorrow. From the ACC Network, we're looking forward to seeing uh, what they bring to the table and always fun when they stop by. Uh, Before we do break, though, I uh, thank you, Josh, for finding this. I wanted to just listen to to the dulcet tones of Leave Shrine. The autumn wind is a pirate blustering in from sea. Let's go now. Let's go now. Here we go. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along. Swaggering boisterously. You were moving, bro. The autumn wind is a raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down. There you go. Good job. And laugh when he's conquered and won. There's no better voice guy than that. That guy could read anything. And I'm I'm in. I am captivated. Half a cup of flour. Two eggs. Half a cup of milk. Half a cup vegetable oil. Half a cup chocolate chips. Mix until combined. And then, and then, put in the oven at 375 for 25 minutes. I've just... Give the man my mother's recipe box and just read the recipes to me. And I'm in. I, I, I'm i just in. Hard knocks. Let's go. Making the Detroit Lions interesting. You got to love it. Okay. We were talking quarterbacks there. I want to take a break. We're going to come back. And uh, Giant fans, listen up. There's a quarterback out there you should trade for right now. Tell me it's a bad idea. Jimmy G, New York Giants. Let's go. We'll talk about it next. Stay right there.